各位听众朋友，大家好，欢迎收听今天的野外中文播客。我是麦老师。Okay, today we're going to talk about wild animals and we're going to talk about rock climbing. So、uh, today you're going to hop on your Google Classroom. There's going to be just a few just quizzes there.、Uh, before we start、um, with that stuff, though, we're going to just follow up. If you could just make sure that you have filled out that Zoom. Survey and the specialized skill survey. So basically, just to give you a bit of a background on that,、uh, we're on May thirteenth. We'll be doing a pre-camp、um, kind of orientation thing. We've already done an orientation, but this will be more specific, getting you ready because now we're under a month away from that first session starting. So, if you could just sign up for the time that works best for you. We know some of you on in the east, more、uh, east area of the United States, it's not going to work for you on that nine a.m. Pacific time. Just fine. Just sign up for what, whatever works best for you. We might do two sessions, if、uh, if we need to. So just make sure you get that signed up. And about that specialized skill. So just the idea of that would be, by the end of this month, or maybe just right before the camp,、uh, you're gonna have just the specialized skill, something you're interested in, something you want to learn more about, so that、uh, when you arrive at camp, we kind of have a few specialists, a few students that have really learned a lot about a, a specific topic. So we'll just ask you. To choose this topic, we want you to learn the Chinese for it and the rules. So, for example,、uh, ultimate frisbee comes to mind.、Uh, it seems like there's a few different、um, attendees that really like ultimate frisbee. So that's not something like, for example, many of the teachers I don't think are going to know the language for ultimate frisbee. But if that's something you're really interested in, <coughs> excuse me, then that would be a thing you could learn about. You could learn about the rules and how to say them in Chinese. You could learn about how to say ultimate frisbee in Chinese. And then、uh, we would open it up to you to be kind of one of our mentors in that area at camp and be teaching other students about that. So this could be a lot of different stuff. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be all sorts of different activities. And so if you could kind of label what skill you'd be interested in doing with that,、uh, that would be great. And then we can make sure where to plan for that in the camp. Okay. So last week,、uh, our module we looked at different.、Um, We did a flip video where you guys、uh, looked through the different Quizlet flashcards, and then we went on the flip video. And、uh, you should have done a guessing game where you kind of said this animal, and you kind of described it using those describing words we used at the beginning of camp. And then、uh, people went around and guessed. If you haven't done that yet, go ahead and do that.、Uh, we can still keep going with that.、It'd、be fun to have a lot more of those, a lot more guesses around on those different、uh, flip videos. Okay, so、uh, just really quickly, we're gonna go through. So,、um, if you have already seen this stuff on your、um, on the Quizlet from last week, this is gonna be kind of more of an oral review of all these things, just to kind of give you a quick breakdown. So, I'm looking right now at the Quizlet list of the birds of prey and raptors, and so if you want to follow along, that's fine. But hopefully, you're doing something active, and you can just listen to it. So, we're gonna start out here with this、um, lao ying. This 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 word is just this general word for like kind of the soaring birds of prey. They seem to use it like for eagles and hawks, and so this kind of lao ying, lao ying, the old the old ying, and it's just kind of for a common word for eagles and hawks. But the specific words for eagles is diao, and it's the only reason we want to learn that is yeah, seeing golden eagles, we call it a jin diao, jin diao, and so that would be a golden eagle.、Um, Golden eagles are pretty common around here. We probably will see a soaring golden eagle, and、uh, 
less likely we'll see the bai tou diao, the white-headed eagle. Uh, we might, they're more migratory in this area. They don't hang around as much. And sometimes those jin diao, they'll push them out. And so, uh, then we have the mao tou ying, that same ying. Uh, this is a, a cat-headed eagle or hawk. And so that'd be an, uh, kind of the common colloquial term for an owl. And, uh, but then there's kind of a specific term for owls. It's a xiao, X-I-A-O, first tone, xiao. So the most common one that we see around here is a da jiao xiao, the big horned owls or the great great horned owl we call it, da jiao xiao. Amazing birds, we'll hear them at night for sure. You'll hear two of them communicating. Sometimes you can get them, uh, if you can get the right pitch, you can get them to respond to you. And I have had them before where I'm hearing it in a distant tree and I, I respond kind of in the same call that they're doing that. And you'll see them fly over and they'll kind of land on a nearby power line pole or a, kind of a tree and they'll check you out and they do this cool head bob thing judging distances. Owls, these are such cool creatures. They hunt mostly at night. They fly completely silently. There's something just amazing of having a da jiao xiao fly over your head. We'll be pointing it out at camp because you hear zero sound. They have these cool little uh, rough tipped feathers that just don't make sound as they fly. And they do that so they can hear really well. So they can be flying and they're not making that whooshing sound so they can hear uh, ground prey, you know, like mice and, and rabbits and things like that. So a da jiao xiao. We also have um, the tang xiao, the barn owl. You'll see that in the quiz that they have this really cool heart-shaped face. Um, they do not have that same kind of sound as the, as the great horned owl. If anything, when you, the sound I think of them is when you go into their nest, they make this funny rattlesnakey sound. It's like a hiss. Um, so tongue, it'd be like that granary or barn, just like we learned in the previous Quizlet set. So a barn owl, they, they like to live in barns. That's why they got their name. Okay, so uh, Secret Canyon Ranch, where you're coming, uh, is very, uh, one of its main uses is falconry. And so uh, there's a lot of falconers that come here. It's a great place for birds of prey to fly, having these really open, wide spaces, having lots of like pheasants and ducks and pigeons and things like that to hunt and so it's just a there's not a lot of power lines or kind of those if you picture a bird of prey flying around those electrical lines the power lines are really bad for them they can hit them with their wings so it's a very co a good place for birds of prey to live and we will see a lot of them so a lia ying is kind of this common term for a falcon and so you'll see in the pictures in the quiz that this a falcon is really different than a hawk and um one of the main differences, what you'll see when they're flying around is the falcon has this really pointy edge on its wing. And falcons are, they mostly hunt other birds. So they would kind of, their quarry would be other, other birds flying in the air. So what a falcon does is it soars way high up just to, it's a teeny, teeny, teeny dot, just a teeny dot. And then it will fold up its wings into a stoop and it will come soaring down so quickly and uh, take out this, a bird that's fl already flying in the air. And uh, really amazing, they do speed. So the fastest animals in the world are those yosun, um, that peregrine falcon, which we'll talk about. So a hawk, when you'd see it flying around, it'd have more fanned out wings. You can kind of picture it's like those primary feathers on the wings. They more fan out like fingers stretching out. 
because they hunt in a lot in a very different way. Eagles and hawks, what they mostly do is they catch uh, rising air <clears throat> and they stretch out their wings and they catch it so they don't have to flap and they kind of hold a position over a specific spot a specific spot in a field looking for ground quarry. So rather than birds, they'd be hunting more like uh, rabbits or mice or rats or even uh, rattlesnakes. Oh, I've seen several times here um, a red-tailed hawk flying off with a rattlesnake in its claws, which is pretty amazing to picture it coming down and just getting right behind the neck. And uh, pretty amazing to see. So, uh, yeah, Lie Ying. And so the art of falconry, which is is does happen in China, and I'll tell you about that in a second, is called Ying Lie. So we've noticed this pattern a lot in Chinese where they kind of will just take the two words and, and flip them around. Like a Lie Ying is a hunting falcon and a Ying Lie would be like the opposite, like with Mi Feng and Feng Mi, like the, the honeybee and the bee's honey. And so this is kind of similar uh, thing, Ying Lie. So falconry, it actually, uh, it's interesting, it's actually illegal in China technically, but there's a lot of minority heritage groups that do this like as a, as a, as a part of their peoples, and so they're allowed to do it. And then there's still lots of falconers that, uh, that practice falconry. So I have had a few trips to China, um, well, one main trip where um, we got to go meet with lots of falconers. And so uh, one of the trips, we were in Shanghai, which is not a good place for falconry. So we drove out and we were outside on the kind of suburbs of Sh Shanghai. And uh, we were with some uh, falconers there. And it was amazing because we were, <laughs> we were sorry, <laughs> made me laugh and I had something in my throat. Uh, we were out in these just kind of fields of trash with some farm fields. And uh, they were hunting these night herons. And uh, they would put their their falcons. They'd they'd let them uh, take off. They'd launch the falcon. They'd go way up. There's big big old power lines around. Just so many hazards everywhere. And we watched this yosun, this peregrine falcon, go down. And uh, it took out a night heron that was kind of in this boggy water thing area. And then all of a sudden, this is not how uh, falconers would typically do it in America. All of a sudden, these falconers just started sprinting as fast as they could. And I happen to have one of my daughters asleep on my back, just holding, just holding her. And uh, so we all started just running. We didn't know what we were running from and, or running for. And so we were running behind all these groups of falcons. They're just sprinting as fast as they can. And uh, it was probably like 10 falconers. And then there was these kind of tall, white American people. And then I had uh, my daughter on my back. And we were running through <laughs> these poor farmers. Uh, that were there were just so confused watching all these people come sprinting through their farm fields. And the reason they, they're running, we found out, is that once a falcon's on the ground there, that the local farmers, these nongfu, uh, they would maybe just see a falcon on the ground and they would kind of uh, worry that they were going to do something into their crops or they just wouldn't, they weren't sure what it was and they'd kind of be nervous to take whatever tools in the hand and just hit it as hard as they can. And so they had had enough experience with this that they were really desperate to do it. Uh, their falcon was just, he'd chased this night heron down into this muddy ditch and it was all muddied up. <laughs> it was it was quite an experience. And we did some falconry outside of Beijing in this kind of, kind of floodplain park. It's kind of a similar experience. But they'll do falconry like they'll hunt with golden eagles in, in the Mongolia areas and the inner Mongolia on the China side. 
there's a lot of just minorities that will that will hunt with falcons and the different parts of China uh, as well. And so it's a kind of a really it's a heritage sport for them. But the Chinese government um, has not fully accepted it, but they kind of have. It seems like it's a gray area. Um, and so a falconer would be a Inglieren, and we'll we'll talk about this at camp a little bit more. Um, so the technical name for a falcon, and these are not that important for you to learn, but we're gonna I'll be talking about them. So we just want to give you some words. So it's a sun, it's a sun. So a yo sun is a peregrine falcon or a traveling falcon. Yo is a traveling falcon, and a hong sun is a is a bird we'll see a lot, um, and that's the a kestrel. They're these small, really cute, amazingly beautiful falcons. They'll hunt big grasshoppers and mice and all sorts of stuff. And uh, really cool. You'll see them hovering. They can hold still in the air, hovering almost like a hummingbird. Um, and you'll see them on many fences. And something I should note at this point. So <clears throat> one thing, uh, one of the reasons we're teaching these animals and it's good for us to learn is everybody at camp will get a new name and it'll be an animal, an, an animal name. And so the groups will be divided up into groups of creatures. So like mammals and reptiles and birds and uh, things like that. And so each one of you will have a name. This will become your name and you'll learn other people's names. So this will help you learn a lot about these different animals. Hong Wei Kuang. Um, and moving on to that red-tailed hawk. Very common here. Probably the most common bird you'll bird of prey you'll see for sure. Hong Wei Kuang. And then these really cool ones that we'll talk about every night basically is a Ye Ying a nighthawk. Uh, basically every night as the sun goes down, we'll hear them and you'll look up in the sky in the kind of twilight and you see these birds flying around so fast. And they're just something really satisfying and beautiful about the way they fly around catching bugs and, all, and then all of a sudden they'll do this dive and go Zzz. it's a really cool sound. So these nighthawks will be flying around us. That's a good one to learn. Um, and the common general term for a birds of prey is mong qin, mong qin. Yeah, so that's like a bird of prey or a raptor. Cool, cool. All right, let's go back. And uh, if you're if you're following along on Quizlet, okay, we're going to move on to just other like kind of more common birds, so not birds of prey. So I'm gonna get, not going to spend a ton of time on these on the podcast, but a jirkong niao is a robin. You're going to see those a lot. They'll be chirping around. Uh, the xi chue, we've already talked quite a bit about the magpie. Dong cao, di liao, this meadowlark. Uh, we're going to see a lot of these. They're beautiful. And they have the most beautiful songs, and they're just all around in the fields. Um, and it's like this. It's like this. It's always like this, like, kind of starts high and drops down and raises back up. And it's just, they're my, they, they're great singers. Uya, uya. Um, that's the crow or raven, kind of um, those big smart blackbirds that we'll see around for sure. Uh, shan Shan Chue, one of my favorites, the chickadee. So the you know, the, the easiest to remember song from them that we'll hear here is the <whistles> just this two note, really pretty song. <whistles> shan Chue. So the literal translation of that is the mountain mountain sparrow. Uh, the chickadee dee. and they have another one that goes uh, they, they, w they get their name from this one where it goes chickadee dee 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 chickadee dee 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 that's another one of their songs that they're named after 
ma chue, very common bird in China, the ma chue, uh, the sparrow. So there's interesting history with this. Uh, Chairman Mao, um, during the Cultural Revolution time period and kind of early Communist Party, uh, he was doing this thing called the Great Leap Forward, where he was trying to really like jumpstart this process of establishing the communist ideals of Marx and things like that. And he was noticing that they were having challenges feeding everyone. And so he established this big campaign to kill the four pests, to kill the four pests. And he identified these pests that were taking away their crops. And this one of them was the ma chue, the sparrow. And so there's this huge campaign that was really successful and just catching and wiping out this all the sparrows of China. And it just ended up being, and this is a good example of how ecosystems are connected, the ma chue, it just ended up being so essential because what happened, what happens when you wipe out a whole creature in an ecosystem that's all connected? Their balance gets broken. And so what happened is all the bugs that the ma chue, the sparrow was eating, exploded in numbers. And so what ended up happening with the food? Um, it was the worst famine that China had faced uh, during that time period. And it was just an awful crisis, like a humanitarian crisis. During these time periods, when we talk about, we, we see humanitarian crises now, but this is, we're talking on the scale of millions and millions of people dying. It's hard to know these exact numbers. Generally, uh, China's going to report a lower number than the Western um, kind of historians are going to report. But we're talking millions upon millions of people dying from famine. And a lot of that is connected <clears throat> to them wiping out the ma chue because it was considered one of the pests because they would seed eating grains. But you don't ever know what the animal is connected to and how these things in this chain and this ecosystem, how they're connected. Uh, we have the heili, the blackbird. Uh, we have red-winged blackbirds here, and then we'll hear them around the kind of waterways is where you hear them. You'll get to know their sound really well. And then the lanyao, the bluebird. Won't get us there really sneaky birds. You'll see a flash of blue go by. That's the state bird of Idaho. The yadzi, you probably all know, that's the duck. And the yenzi, one of my favorite birds, these swallows. Um, I say on the quiz that, uh, that the just kind of connect to this. Yen wu is a really interesting delicacy in China where they eat these certain swallows' nests. And uh, it's like this really fine delicacy. You'll see it around. You'll see the character for a swallow. I feel like you see it often when you're, walk when you're on the like, street markets and things like that. It's advertised as this big delicacy. They're super fast birds, They're like little fighter jets flying around catching bugs. So we like swallows and they make the coolest mud cup nests that are always kind of like stuck to the side of buildings. Um, really amazing, really amazing birds. So that is the kind of songbird area. Let's hop into the wild mammals. Okay, so a mammal, the term for mammal is a buru dongwu. Buru means to like feed, bu, and ru is to eat, um, is like breast milk. So ru, that, that character is, uh, is for milk, breast milk, like mammal milk. So buru dongwu. So it's literally, um, yeah, feeding milk animal. Dongwu. Dongwu literally means moving thing which is the same meaning as animal, like you think of animation, animatronics. It's like a moving 
thing. Very similar. So these are all the animals that, you know, they generally have fur. They generally don't lay eggs. The platypus always messes things up with that. But most mammals don't lay eggs. They live live, live young uh, and they feed them on milk. And uh, yeah, generally have fur, even, even like the sea mammals, they'll be kind of fine fur on there. And so uh, we have the choyo, the choyo, the, the stinky weasel, the skunk. Um, we're most in danger of getting sprayed by a skunk when we're out at dusk. As the sun goes down, they can kind of be out in the fields. Um, generally, I have dogs with me, so they're, they're the ones that get sprayed. Um, you will, you will not get sprayed by a skunk. Um, it just won't happen. There's too many of us. We're too noisy. We're too smelly. They have incredible senses of smell. That's called your, is that, what is that? Shilgan. Uh, that's shilgan. That's the sense of smell. They have terrible eyesight, but, uh, they kind of accidentally will wander in. And it's usually me coming up and scaring them because I'm kind of going by myself. And so, or the dogs will kind of come up and scare it. So as a big group, as we're moving around, those skunks will, will, will be this big, huge, noisy, smelly, uh, group of people, but it could, it is possible. And then like the mountain camp that we wake up in the morning and there's a skunk sniffing around. So if that happens, it's really important to just not go and try to scare it. It'll shuffle off as quick as it can. And, uh, but it is, if you've never smelled a skunk smell up close, I have been sprayed personally because I've gotten it out of the chicken coops and things like that, but man, it is bad. Then we have the, the next one is a uh, loo, a deer. That one's pretty good. Too, too long. The coyotes will hear them at night, mostly doing their cool. Um, oh, oh, and they'll just get this big chorus of them going and the dogs will start going crazy. But I really, I just made my dog bark outside the door. <laughs> uh too long dirt wolves that's what they're that's what the chinese i like it dirt wolves of uh, smart clever little creatures running around lao shu you know uh you'll see these cotton tail rabbits mei zhou shi so let's talk about the mountain lions so there are mountain lions or cougars in the mountains in the hills they're incredibly sneaky uh, they're incredibly hard to actually find. I get excited when I see one. <laughs> they're about the size, a mountain lion is about the size of a big dog. So don't picture like a full grown lion. Um, they're about the size of kind of like a big dog, depending. Um, they generally will stay as high up in the hills as they possibly can. And they mostly hunt at night. We might see some signs of them moving around. Um, so the only way this would be a danger to you is if you broke all the rules <laughs> that we have as a camp. You went off by yourself, especially close to dark, and you were just hiking around in the mountains all by yourself. That's really the only way that this could possibly be a danger to you uh, in our setup, not saying in every setup. Um, on the off chance that you encounter a mountain lion and it's just one or two of you, and again, if you, you would have to be breaking so many camp rules for this to happen, but on, if that were to possibly happen, the key to a mountain lion encounter, uh, the American lion, is that you make you don't run away. And this is generally true of predators, large predators, because the instant you run away, that triggers an instinct. It's actually a way you get like a disobedient dog to follow you as you start running the opposite direction because it triggers this instinct they have to chase. And so 
a mountain lion, if you start running away and it is so much faster than you, it just won't make any difference. And so the way you do it is you make yourself look big, you make yourself loud, you start throwing rocks and sticks and you just make it such a hassle to be like, I don't want to do anything to do with these crazy things and like make yourself as big as possible. You know, like if you're there with a little kid, say you're not at a camp, you'd put them on your shoulders, you know, and you just make yourself look like a big, intimidating, big hassle. Like it's not worth the, it's not worth it to attack this thing. Um, like I said, I've spent a lot of time in these hills. I get excited if I ever even get a glimpse of one. They're very, very, very hard to find and they're incredibly um, shy. And so um, it just won't really happen if we stay as a group. They're going to stay so far away from our group. Um, that it's We're very unlikely to get to see them, unfortunately. So, but again, you only would be in danger if you wandered off, especially at the mountain camp, off at night, deep into the hills by yourself. That would be where you would actually feel any remote danger with that, it still would probably just leave you alone because you just look like a strange thing to attack. Huan Xiong, these are raccoons, uh, not native to the area, clever little creatures. Uh, Huan Xiong um, are they're kind of like uh, kind of like cats, kind of like they're really wicked smart and they've got these amazing hands and get things open. Um, this would be a, a, one of the main reasons we want to, don't want to keep food in a tent. So just make sure we're keeping our tents nice and clear of uh, food. and uh, But they will kind of show up. Dogs bark at them all the time. And uh, they are clever, clever creatures, though. They like to eat some food from the garden if uh, we don't get to it in time. But not the most uh, dangerous thing that you'll encounter. Uh, Juan is a badger. Uh, not dangerous at all to us, but very fun to see. It would be a danger if you stuck your hand down its hole. They have incredibly strong jaws, but just don't stick your hand down strange holes. That's what I'd recommend. Uh, these badgers are, they can, they have incredibly strong jaws, but they mostly just eat worms and things like that and little little creatures. Tuboshu. Uh, these are marmots. They're like these kind of big rodents. Uh, literally means a dirt. Tubo is like to push aside rat. Tuboshu. All rodents have the shu at the end. So that's kind of all the whole rodent class. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of the rodents have shu like mouse. So we'll see lots of marmots around the mountain camp. They kind of chirp around. They're really cute, funny, ch chubby little creatures. The eagles like to hunt them quite a bit, but you'll see them on the lookout kind of around where their little colony lives and they'll come chirping at each other and they're actually quite cute. I like a tuboshu. Uh, the next one is a Yoshu. This is a weasel. Rare we'll actually get to see them. They hunt at night, but they're vicious little things, but not towards us. Then we have the Tuolu, the moose, and the Milu, the elk. Those are great creatures that we'll just see mostly see signs of around. Um, again, because we're large groups, it's hard to get a glimpse of those kinds of creatures. And they have the Huli, the fox. Um, Pretty rare that you see a fox, honestly. Uh, foxes and coyotes don't like to be in the same spot. Um, and then we have the Khali, the beaver. Khali, yeah, two second tones. I said that wrong the first time. Khali, uh, the river fox, also known as the ocean fox. This really, if it was correct, it should say Khashu. If I were to 
like anatomic or not the scientific correct would be like the river rat um and how the other chinese patterns work but they use li which is like a fox and it's nothing like a fox so kind of misleading chinese there and uh the bian fu bian fu we have these cool bats they'll come out around twilight we'll see them flying around quietly above us in the barn sometimes you can see them on the walls i just picked one um found one the other day i had really thick heavy gloves on and when the cats were about to eat it so i picked it up and moved it but never pick up a bat ever 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 do as i say not as i do <laughs> uh they're a cool bird uh bird they're a cool mammal because uh in Ch it's in chinese cultures because they their character the bian fu it has that same sound as blessings and so they're when you go to like kind of different uh, religious temples around in China, you'll actually see little bat faces on the tiles of the roofs. And it's a kind of lucky creature that they like to see. Let's see, let's move on. So those are the mammals. So those might be some names you get. Let's look at these bugs real quick. Uh, we have the jamo, the grasshoppers. We'll see a lot of those. Our uh, chickens will love to eat those. If you catch them and feed them to chickens, they'll be happy. Chongzi is kind of the common word for a bug, which you probably already know. The chongzi. And then kun chong is this insect. So a lot of these things we're talking about are, just, are mostly just generally bugs. They're not all insects with the three three legs and the kind of three body parts, three sections of their body. We'll cover a few different types of bugs. And so we have the chiu ying. That's the earthworm. I'm excited for someone who gets that name. That would be cool. Chiu ying dig around in the dirt, the mai, the ant, the xi shui. I like saying that Chinese word. Those are the crickets. We'll hear a lot of beautiful cricket choruses every night of them rubbing their legs together. Um, you'll notice in different places you go in the world, the crickets sound different. Um, the ones, okay, so this is one we do need to talk about. The ones, ones is a mosquito. Generally, the mosquitoes around here don't carry diseases like they do in in uh, other countries, especially warm, humid countries. I have had, um, in Taiwan, I got dengue fever is one of the kind of dangerous diseases you can get from mosquitoes. I have had that, and I would not recommend it. It was a kind of blurry two weeks that I don't remember, honestly, very much about but I didn't get the worst case that you can with dengue fever. It can be really awful. So we will have bug spray around. Some people just get bit by bay ones a dingla. They get that a lot more. So that we say dingla when they bite. Um, I don't get bit very often, um, but I still get bit. Some people just get bit a lot more. Like um, like Bi Lao Shi at camp, she she gets bit a lot. Just depends. Uh, the bug spray is going to be really important. We'll have a mosquito traps out, at, especially at dusk. So you'll notice a lot of these kind of critters are coming out at dusk. Dusk is when the mosquitoes will usually be the worst. And obviously next to standing water, that's where mosquito like mosquitoes like to lay their eggs. Generally getting bit by a female um, mosquito. They're trying to get the nutrients, protein from your bud, blood for their brood. For the kind of laying of eggs so um, that's generally who you're getting bit by is the mama mosquitoes the tonging lots of flies around unfortunately kind of a hassle of lots of fly traps 
the hoodie, the butterflies. We'll get to see those beautiful creature. And we have the uds, uds, the moths. Uh, real quick tip. Uh, yeah, we said on the Quizlet, if a, if it lands and it lays its wings flat, that's a moth. And if it folds its wings up vertically, that's a butterfly. Sometimes they do look incredibly similar. The jia chong, the beetle. There's so many different types of beetles. I just, you know, I just heard a shi tri. I don't know if you heard that in the recording from our shi tri recordings. You should be familiar with that. But I can hear outside the door eating the dog's food. They like to sneak in till they eat the dog's food. And those dogs do not like it. I wonder if we're going to hear them running over here. Those shi tri. So the jia chong is a beetle. There's tons of different types of beetles. In fact, I think it's maybe one of the most, there's this, uh, something like that. There's more beetles, types of beetles than any other type of insect. Then we have the piao chong, the ladybugs. We'll see a lot of those. Love those. Those are great for our plants and gardens. They eat these little aphids. And then we have our mi feng. And our huang feng, mi feng, you know, is honeybees. We already talked about that. And the huang feng is the wasps. So this is probably actually the most likely bug that's going to cause you pain is this huang feng. Uh, we have a lot of wasps here. Um, there are these, we have a lot of different kinds of wasps. The paper wasps, there's these mud dauber wasps. Uh, they love the hot metal of gates and things like that. So when you are going, if ever you go to open a gate here and it's a metal gate with a chain, really look with your eyes first they love to build these kind of the, the, those cool paper nests um, on really hot metal and so they'll protect their nest and they their sting is just one of those annoyingly painful stings it goes away in about 10 to 30 seconds but it really does hurt and it's really annoying <laughs> i get annoyed with them so we go around and we we've been trying to not let them start as many nests as we can before you guys get here, but for they're they're just gonna be here. These the yellow, the yellow huangfeng, the yellow bee, so the wasp, and so they can sting multiple times, unlike a, like a honeybee. It just it does hurt. Um, there's other kind of wasps around. Yeah, like I said, these mud daubers. We'll show you their nests. They're really cool. They build these muddy nests that are kind of hard clay. Um, I generally don't have many issues getting stung by them, but the the uh, paper wasps seem to be the very worst. Mao Mao Chong. Okay, that's another one we'll need to be careful of. So these caterpillars, uh, we'll see these beautiful furry caterpillars around and we just need to not touch them. They have these little pokey spikes. They can be poisonous to the touch. And so um, we can maybe pick them up with a stick, but don't ever touch them with your fingers. That can be really painful. Okay, we have the jirju, everyone's favorite, the spiders, they are around. We do have our most dangerous spider here is the black widow. Many of you maybe come from regions with more dangerous uh, spiders, especially from hot, humid areas. Uh, so this would be mostly a danger going into dark, dark holes, right? Like uh, kind of crawling under a, if you like crawled under like kind of a old farm granary or something like that. That could be a place where you get those black widows. Um, there's just lots of different types of spiders. Generally, the black widow is the most dangerous one that we'll encounter. But obviously, we just need to be careful reaching into piles of leaves and sticks without gloves on or things like that. Because um, that's generally where bites happen. And if you're working in the garden, we do have these garden spiders. They're actually beautiful yellow ones. 
we probably won't have enough plant material for them to really be thriving when you get here. Pi chong. Okay, these are ticks. Uh, those of you from the East Coast are much more familiar uh, with these. We do have pi chong. So that's the that's like the skin uh, the skin bug, the ticks. Um, we had one year where there seemed to just be kind of a bloom of ticks around. The dogs got them. I ended up with one on my stomach. It didn't actually kind of get in there. But they're arachnids like spiders. They have eight legs. Um, when we move through, if we go kind of through more of the back country and move through um, kind of tall grass and move through tall um, trees, thicks of trees, they don't, they can't move very fast. So they just kind of hang out on leaves or pieces or blades of grass. And they just kind of hold out their little arms, just waiting for an animal to, to walk by. And so then they'll grab on to a deer or something like that. And they'll, they'll feed and engorge themselves. They get really big. It's disgusting uh, the way it looks, but then they'll, that's kind of how their life cycle moves. And it can be pretty, pretty brutal. They do have a disease called Lyme disease uh, that can be passed passed on and there's not a great cure for that so um if you do get a tick um well so every time you go to the bathroom is kind of our standard tick check time so you kind of feel around you can have someone on your group and we'll kind of signal times like hey let's do a quick tick check um pichong cha and uh let's kind of check around just make sure it would take them a while to get to skin they'll kind of crawl up your pants or things like that and uh and if it does ha it happens to have bitten in, um, I have removed many of them. So just make sure you don't try to pull it off yourself and just come and talk to us and we'll get it pulled out. No problem. And uh, anyways, so that is a, that, that is not common here. It is much less common than East Coast areas where that's just kind of your main concern when you're going out in the woods. But we do have pi chong here. And then the last... Uh, the last cool bug we have is the ching ting. Ching ting is dragonflies. Cool to see them flying around. All righty. You know what? We're going to do a separate podcast for rock climbing, and we'll just finish off with the animals on this section and the kind of warnings with animals, and we'll do another podcast for rock climbing. So we'll just finish off with reptiles and amphibians. Um, these are called pa xing dong wu. Pa xing dong wu. So a reptile, uh, that's not for amphibians, by the way, reptiles, pa xing dong wu. So that's a crawling movement animal. So like a crawling creature, crawling creature would be the pa xing dong wu. If you kind of picture a lot of reptiles drag themselves more on the ground there, their arms are not, and legs are not underneath their body, they're to the sides. And so they can obviously lift themselves up, but that is generally a common trait of reptiles is there. Arms and legs are on the sides of their body, not underneath. And there's there's advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, uh, there's a lot of kind of temperature connections to that and speed. And then uh, the amphibians are called liang qi dong wu. Liang qi. So in a habitat, the word for that is qi shi di. A qi shi di. So it's a habitat. So a liang qi dong wu is a two habitat animal. Um, so amphibians, as you know, can live in water and on land. We don't live in a very wet place, so we don't interact with them very much. So uh, just a few types of amphib amphibians. So as far as the Pashing Dongwu, we got the Shi Yi, the lizard. This lizard is a, on the Quizlet, is a sagebrush lizard. You'll find a few 
of these around. They're very fast. Um, and then we have the Xiang Wei She. We already talked quite a bit about the Xiang, Xiang Wei She on one of those podcasts. Again, the main danger is moving through tall grass, running and surprising it. Um, it's really not a generally a big concern. Um, we don't see them very often. And if they do, just make sure you let, let me know. Uh, that warning sound uh, is just going to be the same thing you're looking for. You're going to stop. You're going to freeze. You're going to look. You're going to identify it and back away and uh, come tell tell me for sure. My officer. And uh, generally, uh, you'll notice uh, on the next on the next slide in Quizlet, you'll see a Nyosha, a bull snake. Um, they look really similar to rattlesnakes, and it's generally thought that they're trying to mimic a rattlesnake. They can be much bigger than a rattlesnake, though, and they have been known to eat rattlesnakes. And generally, where you find these Nyosha, these bull snakes, uh, you don't find rattlesnakes. They compete. Uh, so you know the difference. The most most obvious thing is they don't have a rattle, but they'll be making a sound like they're rattling. They they kind of open their mouth. Sometimes they're called blow snakes, a chuisha, and they go, and it sounds incredibly similar. And they'll even waggle their the tip of their tail, hit against leaves and dry stuff. So it sounds like a rattlesnake, but they're not a rattlesnake. They are not poisonous. They don't have those fangs that unfold like a rattlesnake does. And their head is not this kind of diamond shape. So a rattlesnake has this kind of like triangular diamond shape because it has those uh, venomous glands uh, and they have these pits. So it's a pit viper and they have these pits on the kind of side of its head. Um, and you can obviously go and research more about any of these animals, but the bull snake, the nyosha, won't have those big pits on the side of its head and its head will be more narrow. Um, there's kind of a myth, but it, it can be sometimes true. With a snake's eyes, you can look at them. So like a bull snake has a round pupil. And a rattlesnake has that slit pupil like a cat. You'll hear people talk about how the slit pupil uh, is, if a snake has a slit pupil, it's, it's venomous. And that's not necessarily true. Pretty much always in nature, you can't say it, something is, um, you know, absolutely true. Um, there's always exceptions, it seems like. So it's not like, that's how you say absolute. There's always um, exceptions. That would be like a ling wai. Um, so uh, bull snakes, we kind of like to see them around, if we're being honest. Uh, maybe you won't like to see it, but we like to see them around because they're pushing out rattlesnakes, and then they're keeping the rodent population down. So like we talked about with the sparrows, if we take out all the snakes, that rodent, rodent population explodes and I would rather have a few snakes than have mice everywhere, personally. I don't know about you. So we like to see the bull snakes there managing the rodent populations. And then if the rodent population explodes, so does the rattlesnake population. It's going to grow a lot. So we like to keep that well managed, and the bull snakes are great. So we have a next on the quiz that there's a bihu, a gecko. Uh, they're called wall tigers. You see those a lot in China, southern China and Taiwan areas and Singapore and and Hong Kong, those types of places. It's not a natural uh, animal we have here, but we do have a pet gecko. His name is Huafubing, the waffles. And so you can, we'll be feeding that bihu. Okay, for amphibians, the liangqi dongwu, we have the qinghua, the qinghua, the frogs, we'll hear them a lot of times at dusk. Um, 
dusk is, is is really just kind of this magical time where lots of the creatures just start to come alive and and uh it just everyone likes dusk around here so you'll hear this chorus of frogs around the ponds and things like that it's really pretty um the frogs we have are kind of these leopard frogs but um yeah you'll see them you might see some tadpoles and little puddles of water and that's always really fun so the chingwa chingwa and then the rongyun is some salamanders. You know, less, you'll see these less often, but we do have them. So they're kind of amphibious, lizard-looking creatures. So we'll see around. So those those are the uh, pashing dongwu and the liangqi dongwu, the reptiles and amphibians. Okay, so in review of kind of the dangers of wild animals, uh, we'll just do that real quick review, and you're going to take a little quiz on that. So the first animal to be careful of is the choyo. It is a stinky. It won't harm you. Um, it's this funny little badger creature that can spray out this. Oh, it's just so awful, that smell. You'll smell it. Most of the smell, if you smell the skunk, you smell it from like a mile away. The close-up smell of a skunk does make you gag. Um, and so the dogs help keep those away. And our big groups help keep those away. But if you're kind of at night wandering out into the open, you could surprise one and it could give you a little spray. So be cautious of that. Um, as far as other wild mammals, the, the mountain lions, again, are not really a concern. I like personally have no concern over this. It would just be if you got, had got a strange notion and you broke all the camp rules and you wandered off into the hills in the night. And I can't imagine you would have the uh, what the desire to do that once you're here, uh, once it gets dark and to wander off into the hills and the mountains at night, uh, that would just be the only time that could possibly be a danger, even though it would be incredibly surprising, shocking that anything would happen. But if you do happen to encounter a mountain lion, make yourself big, loud, throw stuff at it. Don't run away. Uh, running is uh, the worst thing you could do and turning your back and running because that triggers the predator response but you'll be absolutely safe about mountain lions. Um, literally never heard of, you, sh you should look at the statistics on mountain lion attacks. They're just so, so, so rare. Uh, very, very rare. And I think in Idaho in this area, yeah, I've n obviously uh, never heard of anything happening in this area in my entire life. And even in Utah growing up, I never heard of a mountain lion attack. I only ever heard of mountain lion attacks in Southern California, to be honest. Um, a lot of like bikers and runners and that's that is a place where a lot of people are uh, kind of interacting with mountain lions kind of there's not a lot of open space there's a lot more open space for mountain lions here um, as far as birds go there's nothing really to be nervous of with birds uh, no danger there um, with bugs we have the jirju uh, again, that's kind of reaching into piles of grass and leaves or going into dark, cool, like cave type things. And that's kind of where our black widows would be. And those can be quite dangerous. Uh, the ticks, I remember that if we were moving through trees or tall grasses, they might kind of grab onto you and they will start bearing into your skin. They, they actually inject this numbing agents you can't feel them very well they're generally awful creatures <laughs> uh the the pitong but we'll check for those if you do get one kind of biting into you uh wait for us to help you remove it it's a very specific way to remove it so we can disinfect 
as quickly as possible. We'll be doing tick checks. You do it in uh, the bathrooms every time you go to the bathroom, do a quick tick check. But also we'll do tick checks on each other when we go through tall grasses and trees. The huangfeng, the wasps, those are more dangerous around hot metal. Opening gates and chains is where the most stings of those happen. And, and uh, it's not life-threatening unless you're... Um, allergic and hope you you know if you're allergic to that kind of bee stings but and obviously honeybees are another one we didn't talk about in this one but you can get stung by a honeybee if you especially if you go and start harassing the hives that we have around and they view you as a threat that's where you could easily get sting stung so just mostly leave the hives alone unless we got the equipment on and we're doing an official thing um i think that's mostly it what we need to be careful of oh the mao mao chong the caterpillars that's another kind of poisonous uh creature that we can encounter so we'll be especially careful around those furry ones the furry and then the snakes so we talked enough about xiang wei she and the niu she difference um but overall it's just an amazing place to get to see lots of cool creatures and generally it's just like this amazing time where you get to be quiet and see a lot of things moving around and uh there is inherent danger so we're, we got to talk about those things so you're aware but uh as long as we're moving safe and we stay in groups and things like that uh there's really no danger to you and uh many many people live in harmony with these animals kind of every day so not a big concern but definitely something to be wise and aware about all right that's going to do it for this podcast about the wild animals that we're encountering. Remember to work on learning these animals. Um, I added some new uh, Quizlet lists that weren't there last week. And uh, and uh, go through these. Make sure you learn them. This is where a lot of people's names are going to come from these animals. And so it's good to be it's going to be good to know these animals and the different groups are coming from these categories, the groups of animals. And we will talk to you in the next podcast. I'm going to probably just throw it up with this week's module. And we're going to talk about Pan Yin rock climbing. All right. Uh, for now, that's good. Zai Jian.